Welcome to the world of the multi-passionate mind. You already know what a wonderfully weird and extraordinary place this is to live. Now imagine that you could easily decide where to aim your focus and trust yourself enough to finish what you start. Maybe you long to build a business that encompasses everything you love under one umbrella. Or maybe you just want the time freedom to finally start crossing things off your bucket list. I'm your creative fairy godmother, Jenny O'Connor, and I'm going to show you how to do it all like a boss. If you're an ambitious creative who's ready to make an impact, hit that subscribe button because we are the multi-passionate community that is going to change the world. Hey, everybody. I'm Jenny, and I help multi-passionate creatives like yourself kick overwhelm to the curb and fit all your shiny objects into a life and business you love. Today, we're doing something a little bit different. I am bringing back a greatest hits episode. In fact, it is the most downloaded episode ever since I started the podcast over a year ago. I'm bringing it back because I just think that if you're new here or if you haven't heard it yet, this episode is going to change the way you think about your multi-passionate mind so that you can appreciate just what a gift it is to be the way you are. This episode was originally called Polymath Superpowers. I have renamed it Multi-Passionate Superpowers because I think more and more people are starting to use and align with the term multi-passionate, certainly more so than polymath. I also want to note that I make reference to everything enthusiasts, and that's because the show used to be called The Everything Enthusiast, and because that is what we are, right? So you're actually going to hear me call us that throughout the lifetime of this podcast. We are everything enthusiasts, enthusiastic about all the things through and through. So without further ado, y'all, here's multi-passionate superpowers. Let her in. If you're already subscribed to the show, you rock. And if you're here for the first time, make sure you hit subscribe because today we are going to talk about all of the things that make everything enthusiasts awesome. These are our superpowers, if I humbly say so myself. So in last week's episode, I ran down the list of all the mistaken beliefs that society has about folks like us. And that was really meant to call them out on their bullshit. But the problem is that I know that a lot of people that identify as polymaths and Renaissance people believe those myths about themselves. So my intent was certainly not to bum anybody out with that episode, but it might have still happened inadvertently. So I can guarantee that today's topic will be way more unicorns and rainbows and kind of like a healing salve for your wounded self-perception. I certainly didn't want to make that bigger for you, but I did think it was important to call those things out as the like misconceptions that they are because they're not true. So listen to episode two, if you haven't done so already, and you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. So for today, I'm going to begin sort of by stating the obvious everything enthusiasts. I mean, we love too many things to ever choose. And by now you're like, okay, Jenny, I get it. But I'm restating that here to clarify a point that might not be immediately self-evident polymaths, Renaissance people, jacks of all trades, We have an intense curiosity about a number of unrelated subjects. 
So this describes you if you have so many different interests that it's like noticeable to others and they look at you with a little bit of side eye and they're like, what the fuck is wrong with that person? Hence the last episode's title, right? This would describe you if you have like trade magazines in your living room from like 12 different trades that are not inherently related in any way. So people who are everything enthusiasts or who are not everything enthusiasts, they're not as intensely interested in things as we are. So this is different from being a lawyer who likes to cook and travel in his free time. To my mind, that sort of describes what society perceives of as normal. I mean, most people go to work and then they come home and they have like two, maybe three other things that they enjoy doing to sort of unwind. That isn't necessarily what a multi-passionate person is. But ultimately, at the end of the day, if these podcasts are resonating with you, I trust that you're one of us. Welcome. We don't really have to argue semantics, but just to be clear, there is a difference between a person with a hobby or two and a multi-potentialite who has like a hundred diverse interests. So that being said, let's talk about our superpowers. For starters, we everything enthusiasts are endlessly curious. And curiosity is so cool, you guys. Like You might not think of that as a strength, but I'm about to tell you all of the reasons why that is a strength. We never want to stop exploring and trying new things out. We love to discover things like an archaeologist. Like I always think of Indiana Jones, the archaeologist slash explorer combo, which is incidentally one of my imaginary lives, like something I would completely love to do. But that's my approach to life is like constantly searching for that holy grail. And the holy grail for each of us is is different. Um, and it might be a hundred different places, but our life is about the search. When you think about it, an inquiring mind, a curious mind is central to innovation, to creativity, to invention. And without it, we would never have had Renaissance. We wouldn't have sent a man to the moon. We had never have known the cutting edge creations of people like Steve Jobs or Nikola Tesla. When everything enthusiasts use our existing knowledge and perspectives and creativity, we can come up with unique solutions and ideas instead of regurgitating others' work. And people say all the time, there are no new ideas. And, and in a sense, that's true. But if you think about your own life as an everything enthusiast, if you have overeducated yourself, like we have a tendency to do, we're sort of always learning because we love to do that. Then you've read tons of books. You've listened to a bajillion podcasts. You've tried, started, and perhaps even finished like a bunch of different things. You have one hell of a unique take on life. So that breadth of knowledge put together in a way that only you know how to put it together pattern recognition that your brain sees because of the experience that you've had that no one else would necessarily see. People like you are the genesis of new ideas, you know? So no new ideas. Okay. But what if you take this idea and you apply this perspective and you add a dash of this experience, you can absolutely come up with something completely innovative and exciting for other people. More than that, even though, Curiosity releases dopamine, which is the feel-good hormone. And whereas there are a lot of other things that produce dopamine that you wouldn't necessarily want to indulge in all of the time, like 
rampant sex and alcohol and drugs. Curiosity, you can. You can do it every day. You can do it all day long if you want to. And it makes you feel good. And that that's awesome, right? Curiosity enhances our adaptability. And in an uncertain world, which we know this is certainly is, that can mean the difference between surviving and not, right? Curiosity helps us know ourselves better and it fosters self-awareness. You know, if you ask questions about why a certain thing makes you feel a certain way or, you know, how you could have responded differently to a situation, that's the only way you improve. So embracing curiosity can affect your inner world as well as your outer world. And I, I do believe that 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 makes this a superpower. I have a whole blog post on the benefits of being curious. So I will include a link to that in the show notes. It's really cool. Like the things that make it a superpower will probably surprise you. Um, so check that out if you're interested. In addition, curious people learn better because we love it. We love to learn, even if we're not necessarily directing that learning toward a particular goal. We have brains that process things more quickly than other people. And as a result, we're ready to move on more quickly than other people. And that, you know, is one of the things from the last episode where people are like, why didn't you ever finish anything? But because we've gotten what we came for is, is the reason why. And you know, that's your definition of finishing and not, and not mine. So going back to the Jack of all trades, master of none sort of message that we are all being sent by society. We as everything enthusiasts may only have mastery of one thing, but that thing is being a beginner. And the ability to obtain new information rapidly, right? Because we learn better, makes us able to pivot and reinvent ourselves and reassess priorities often more easily than our specialist peers. So that's cool. I mean, how valuable is that in a post-COVID world, right? Especially if you found yourself in a situation, you know, and I hope most of you didn't, but probably a lot of you found yourself in a position where you had to pivot how you were doing business or find a new job in a completely different field. You're better equipped for that because of this Renaissance brain that you have. And that's being able to change and redirect your course when something doesn't go. Like if, if your product launch doesn't go the way you were anticipating, being able to course correct is, is huge. That is an invaluable skill. So this ability to learn quickly tends to make Renaissance people high achievers. And that makes sense because if you're bright and you're talented in multiple areas, that equips you for success. Like, of course it does. And let's face it, people who are everything enthusiasts are fascinating at a cocktail party. Like, I want to talk to the girl who's sober, who runs wilderness camps for children, who has her captain's license and transports boats from one location to another and gets to go on these extended sailing trips as a result. And who also bartends at a fancy establishment where she regularly meets celebrities. Like that person is the person who could engage my curiosity for Ever. I think that that's cool. I think you maybe need to look at all of the things about you be that because they're about you don't feel all of that amazing, but that someone who didn't know you might be like, are you kidding? You do all of that? That is awesome. And again, everything enthusiasts are useful as fuck in a zombie apocalypse. Like I'm going to say that in every single episode because I just think it's so true. Like, you know, everyone's standing around and you have to rebuild a community. I don't know if you guys watch The Walking Dead, but I'm, I'm obsessed with it. 
And so that's why I'm all, I always have this on the brain, but you know, you need someone who knows how to build a wall and you need someone who knows how to run a kitchen and you need someone who knows how to, you know, sew clothing or grow food. People like us know how to do all of those things. Maybe, maybe not mastery of them, but is that necessarily essential to rebuild a community in a post-apocalyptic world? <laughs> you know, think about that. This is my favorite superpower. I mean, I don't know. They're kind of, I love all of them, but we are so enthusiastic about our current thing. We express an almost like childlike delight in the projects that we're working on. And the thing is, you guys, enthusiasm is such a rare quality It's what people are talking about. You hear this buzzword all the time, like high vibe. I want to be around more high vibe people. That just means people who are enthusiastic. And it is such an attractive quality. If you are like so juiced about the thing that, you know, you're talking to other people about, they will be drawn to you. They'll they'll want a little bit, a little bit of that juice. And it, it just indicates to others that you fully embrace being alive. So people who are everything enthusiasts, because they focus on what's bringing them pleasure in this moment, we're highly present. We're regularly in a state of flow, which is sort of when the left brain turns off and the right brain takes over and you almost you lose time. Like, I don't know if you've ever colored in one of those adult coloring books, but hours can go by for me. I'm like, oh shit, it's time to go to bed because that's being in a state of flow. And it's so good for our stress hormones. And it's just, it's like a break for the body, but that also juices you up. It has, it has both effects. Like it's stimulating and relaxing at the same time because we do that more often than other people. We get these tasty bits of life experience that other people kind of skip over. So being enthusiastic is absolutely a superpower. And it's something that we, you know, we, we everything enthusiasts have in spades. We also, we don't mind being beginners or maybe reframe We mind it, but we do it anyway. And to my mind, that makes us really brave. The more things that we try and then and fail and dust ourselves off and keep going, the better off we are. I heard this great quote, if you try and fail, congratulations. Most people don't even try. So being beginners gives (laughs) gives us the opportunity to fail time and time again. And every single time we do, we're enhancing, we're strengthening our confidence muscle. So even if you're just telling other people, which is sort of the same as teaching them about your newest obsession before you feel like you're an expert on the subject, you're kind of like plodding along and figuring it out as you go, but you're sharing that with others. That's inherently a scary thing. And the more scary things we do, the more we build that confidence muscle. And quite frankly, that's something that I feel like all of us could use in our arsenal of weapons, right? More confidence. Sure, I'll take it. As a result of being comfortable with being beginners, we also aren't attached to stability in the same way that perhaps specialists are. We embrace change more easily, whereas most people find change really disruptive or threatening. We almost thrive on it. And this this especially applies to me. I've sometimes picked up everything I've had and moved to another city where I didn't know anyone. And like, to me, that's really exciting. I know that's not for everybody and y'all might be writing me off as 
totally crazy at this moment, but there's just something in my personality, especially when I allowed myself to embrace being a multi-passionate person rather than rejecting it like I did for a, a lot of years, that makes me able to view it as an adventure rather than something that is, is extremely scary. And as a result, it's easier to be motivated by change. And I think when you are, you're less likely to kind of freeze when the pressure is on. Again, that's going to serve you in the business world. Definitely. So, so yeah, superpower, right? We also, because we're constantly curious and endlessly learning, we're inquisitive and being inquisitive allows us to bond more deeply with other people, which that totally makes sense, right? Um, I've had a cranky ex-boyfriend or two um, call me an interrogator, and it's I'm just full of questions. So, I mean, I, I guess I can see how that appears to be an interrogator. It's not. I'm just, just I'm just asking questions, and and quite frankly, questions only seem like accusations to someone who's hiding something. So that's the little little bit that I learned there from those experiences. But as a general rule, like people love to talk about themselves. It's truly their favorite thing their favorite subject to talk about. So it forges a connection to be genuinely interested in others and their knowledge and their processes and their approach to life. Like that is how you create bonds. I always was especially good at drawing shy people out of their shell. And it's just, I can just keep asking questions and I would just keep them talking. And in a way, without even intending to do so, that sort of established like a trust, a safe space kind of situation. And I, I love that. I think that that is, that's a quality I recognized, like even in high school as, as a keeper. So yeah, ask, ask people questions and, and see if your, you know, your network of fascinating people grows as a result. Being inquisitive also has the added benefit, and I think this is big, of making us free thinkers who question the cultural narrative, just rather than buying into it hook, line, and sinker. That feels kind of rare these days. Um, I heard someone say there's such a thing as ideological possession. And if you think about it, you know, you're born into a certain cultural narrative, cultural belief system, your your parents teach it to you as you're growing up, you go to high school and college and you find a group of friends who are like-minded. And this, you know, this applies a lot to like political parties, but sometimes you get to be an adult and you've never questioned those beliefs that you were taught at all. And often you can run into people who you can tell are, are literally spewing, they're possessed ideologically. They are spewing somebody else's ideas that they never even thought to analyze for themselves. People like us who are endlessly inquisitive ask those questions and perhaps change those beliefs or update them or have a better reason for believing them than, well, that's what my parents told me, right? And that I also believe to be a superpower. So here's the last one, last but not least. We as everything enthusiasts refuse to choose one path because we have a deep sense of integrity and integrity is big right? We all know that. It's almost as if we know that anything else, if we did choose one path, that would feel like prison. And we are no good to anybody, least of all our our friends and family and loved ones, if we're living with our wings clipped, right? So everything enthusiasts don't settle. Or if we do, we're so itchy about it that eventually something's going to give. So I'm not saying that everyone who's listening to this show 
was like, it's cool. I'm just going to pursue 60 things at once. My parents are just going to have to deal with the fact that I sleep on the couch in the basement. (laughs) Maybe some of you did follow that sort of doctrine of, you know, pursuing one thing and then getting a job out of college and then working your way up. But even if you did that, you feel like something's missing. And that little spark inside of you that like won't rest is that's your integrity telling you that there's something more out there. And I'm hoping that this podcast will be a resource to help people not live their lives in a cage. So if you're not fully embracing all your different potentials, I hope that this encourages you to do that. And I think it will bring you way more joy. And then you will have way more fun with the people that you interact with. And I just think that that is your integrity coming through and that that is indeed a superpower. As always, you guys, thank you so much for listening. I hope you found this episode helpful and you feel a hell of a lot better about yourself moving through life from here on out. If you enjoyed this episode, it would make my entire month if you would rate and review the show. Reviews are how I get found in a sea of other podcasts and my message can get out to other multi-passionates like yourself who need to hear it. Also, please come follow me on the socials. I am at your creative fairy godmother. I hang out on Instagram mostly, and I would love to see you there. I am also on YouTube. And if you subscribe to my YouTube channel, you will never miss an episode and you can come watch and listen to these episodes. And until next time, remember, the more you celebrate your life, the more there is in your life to celebrate. Now get on out there and do the thing.